Hello, hello. You made it back. Congratulations. You're joining the Insane Transformation Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Irasi. I am just in the process of moving house. Why do we say moving house in Australia? I don't get that. In the States, we say, I'm moving. Oh, where are you moving to? I'm moving to such and such. In Australia, we say, I'm moving house. This really confused me when I first got here. If someone would say, oh, I'm moving house, and I'd say, where are you moving your house to? I'm not moving my house. I'm moving the contents of my house to a new... Anyway, you get what I'm saying. So I'm just in the process of relocating. I think I mentioned that in the other podcast. And I have my, quote, studio, unquote, set up. It's a folding table with the microphone and my laptop. And I had a friend come over the other day and he'd, he'd heard a few episodes of the podcast and he said, oh, so this is the um, this is the almighty setup of your podcast. And I said, listen, I'm in between studios at the moment. Okay, come on, bear with me. So anyway, hopefully the audio and all that stuff is up to snuff. Um, but yeah, I am sitting on a folding chair and I've got a fold out table and you know what, we're just going to go with it. I think this is a, a huge thing in business. You know, everyone wants to wait for things to be just right. They want to wait for everything to line up. They want the perfect solution. They want to know exactly what the problem is, where it is, and they want all the information they can have. But you know what? It just never happens. Things will just never be perfect. It's just perfect. Never, it just never arrives. So rather than waiting until everything was set up, I said, you know what? I've got a few minutes. I've got something to talk about. I'm just going to hit the podcast. And I think it's um, it's a good way to sort of run your projects, you know, get as much information as you can and then just jump into it. Use that test and learn, that fail forward fast approach. Take your best shot and uh, you'll be glad you did. So today's episode, I, I am going to do, I think, something slightly different than what I originally had in my mind only because I have had so many comments, questions. I've had so much feedback on the trailer situation. It's quite funny, actually. So a lot of people have been saying, what happened with the trailer? Did you get the trailer? What's the situation? And um, quite funny, isn't it? So that goes all the way back to I think it was the very first episode, maybe the second episode, but I think it was probably the very first episode. And I was looking for this little box trailer, a little seven by four box trailer. And I talked about there being uh, quite a big wait. I think at that point in time, well, it's actually still the same. I think it's about six weeks lead time to get one of these trailers. And I had a hypothesis. I thought, oh, maybe this has to do with some issues around supply and, you know, the manufacturers can't get the materials they need or whatever the case is. So guess what happened? I did get my trailer. I, I rang two of the manufacturers back. One of them happened to get a cancellation. So he had an order on a trailer. And for whatever reason, the guy ended up buying a used trailer or something like that. So canceled his order. And so that was produced. It was done. And so when I rang in, the guy said, yep, I've got it here. You can come pick it up. 
today. Exactly the trailer I wanted, only it didn't have the sides, which are like these caged sides, so you could extend the height of the trailer. So anyway, I went and picked up the trailer. No dramas, you know, thousand bucks, happy to have it. The quality looked pretty good. I mean, I think some of the welds were a bit, mm, but all in all, look, it's the one I wanted. I think it was pretty good condition. So anyway, the next challenge, of course, was finding the um, the cages. So then I rang the other manufacturer back and I said, look, I found a trailer. Do you guys have any cages? And he said, yeah, we've got some cages here. And so I took the trailer down there and they were pretty busy, actually. And it was a this guy, I, I don't know, I think, he'd, I think he'd been in the business, the trailer business must be over 40 years. Um, he's a bit older, so I'm, I'm just assuming at least 40 years. So anyway, nice guy, Italian guy, comes over, has a look at the trailer and says, oh yeah, this is pretty good quality, and asks me, you know, what did you pay for it? And I said, oh, it was a thousand bucks. And he said, oh, what about the spare tire and the rego? And he said, was that extra? I said, no, it was... It was a thousand out the door, came with the extra bits, and Reggio was included. So he says, Oh, well that's you know, that's there's no way I could I could sell it for that much. You know, my cost is is too high and I, I wouldn't have the margin for that. So sorry, first he asks me to back into the warehouse. So I had had to kind of back the trailer down um an alleyway and then actually back around the corner on the blind side. So normally if you're if you're backing up, you always want to back up to the side you can see on. So, right, so you're sitting on the right-hand side of the vehicle. You want to actually drive to the opposite side of the street and be looking out the right side window so you can back up the trailer. Um, but anyway, in this case, I had to back to the blind side. And I got around the corner, okay, and it was all good. And then the, the owner said, oh, you've got some experience uh, backing up trailers. I said, oh, I, I used to drive trucks. I used to be a, you know, truck driver. So, you know, I can parallel park a 52 footer, uh, but the, the shorter ones turn a lot faster, but you know, it's the same principle. If you can, if you can drive a semi truck, you can drive, you can drive a little box, uh, you know, pull a little box trailer. So anyway, he was a really friendly guy, but once I backed in the back, he, um, had one of his guys pull out the cages and they started fitting the cages and he said, Oh, come over here and, and sit down and let me show you something. So we sit down and then he pulls out his book. And he said, oh, here's, flips to the page with the box trailers. And he says, so here's, here's the seven by four. And he said, here's my cost. And he shows me his cost. And I said, um, okay. And he said, so you see why, why I can't sell it for so cheap because my cost is too high and I won't make any margin on it. And I said, well, yeah, but that's not really your cost, is it? And he said, no, no, this is my cost. And I said, well, I said, I think part of the problem is the way that you're thinking about your cost. And I mean, that in and of itself is a whole nother episode. But, you know, when you look at how the cost gets lumped together, you know, you're taking average time of a welder, you're taking the time to, to weld certain component parts and things like that. And you might have multiple suppliers and you might just take the highest cost of one of your suppliers and use that to come up with your cost. And not only that, you add in, uh, you know, in his case, I said, you know, you probably add in your margin and you add in your, the cost of the warehouse or the factory and all the utilities and all that. And he said, oh yeah, yeah. And I said, okay, so you've got a couple things in there that really shouldn't be added in here. 
But anyway, it wasn't the place to really sit and argue with him. But it did start an interesting conversation because I started asking about why is it that none of these manufacturers, including him, could produce a box trailer. I said, well, why is everybody struggling with these box trailers? And remember, my hypothesis was that there was some supplier issue somewhere and they couldn't get the rolled steel or, or whatever the case was. Well, it turns out that's not the issue. It turns out that here in Sydney, we're going into summertime. And so he said that there's a huge demand for boat trailers. And everybody is trying to get in front of that demand. But if, you know, if you're not in Sydney or you know, if you're not in Sydney, you don't know what the weather's like right now, but the weather hasn't been great. We've had quite a bit of rain and I don't think it's the summer's ramping up quite the way people thought it would. Actually, I think we're going into El Nino or something like that. Anyway, the wet, the wet summer. But the point was he let, let's, I won't give you the exact cost, but let's say that, um, the the boat trailer retails for thirty five hundred, okay, and the box trailer retails for a thousand. He said, "Well, we make a lot more money on the box trailer, and so the idea is that they shift to, sorry, they make a lot more money on the boat trailer, so they they shift to producing these boat trailers because they want to catch the demand, the spike, the seasonal spike of demand for boat trailers." And they want to be out in front because they make more money on these on these trailers. And I said, okay. And and the other thing that they do, and apparently this is the same for the other guys because he knows the competitor that I bought that trailer from. And he said that they batch the production. So, you know, the trailers comprised of all these subsystem components or subassemblies, right? And so he said they'll produce, like say, twenty of one of the subassemblies, and then they'll they'll weld those component parts together and then they'll reconfigure the welding bay and then they'll sort of finish it off. And I said, oh wait, so you don't like produce one trailer every day? And he's like, oh no, no, no. He's like, we'll produce a batch of whatever, say 10 boat trailers, you know, in two weeks, something like that. So again, that's another, I mean, I, anyway, it's, that's a whole nother issue in and of itself, right? the batching of trailers. And this is what was going on. It's quite interesting because he had no no box trailers sitting around the facility, but he had all of these boat trailers of different lengths and configurations stacked up on the racking and parked off to the side. Like, I don't know, he probably had, he had at least 12, but I, you know, could be up around 15 or something like that. And um, so back to the price thing, right? I said, you know, you think you're making X, like let's say whatever, 3000 on a $3,500 trailer. I said, so you think you're making 500 bucks and you think you're making more money by producing box trailers? And he's like, oh, well, yeah. He said, I only make, as this is again, it's an example, but he said, oh, you know, maybe I only make 200 on a box trailer. So a box trailer goes for a thousand. It costs you 800. A boat trailer goes for 3,500. And it cost you three thousand. And I said, well, how, "But how many box trailers can you produce, say, in a day?" And again, let let's forget batching. Like, if you just produced a box trailer from start to finish, could you do one in a day? And he said, "Oh, we could probably do two in a day." 
And I said, okay, two in a day. And I, and I said, what about the boat trailer? I said, if you, if you just bear with me, I know you wouldn't do this, but I said, if you did, if you just produced a boat trailer from start to finish, how long would it take you? And he said, oh, maybe two days. Okay, <laughs> like think, think about this for a second. You produce one trailer in two days and you make $500. Or you can produce four trailers in two days and make $800. Like, do you see how, like, how crazy that is? So, but here's the thing, right? People are knocking on the door for the box trailers. So, so the demand is there. The demand is is in the market. It's there. You have customers begging you, reaching out for these trailers, and you're telling them six weeks lead time, and and you're producing boat trailers, and they are they are stacking up all around the facility. Now, I talked about this in the other podcast. I talked about throughput, and I talked about you know operating expense, and I talked about investment and. If we think about the situation, you know, there's so many, there's so many opportunities here, right? If you're a trailer manufacturer, you could make, you could easily, easily increase your throughput by 20 to 25% overnight. I mean, it's, it would just be so simple. Number one, if your material comes in and the material sits on the shelf and then you batch your sub-assemblies, that means that part of the inventory gets turned into a sub-assembly, but then that sub-assembly goes on the shelf, and then that sits around and waits. So you could have 10 days on the material, you could have 10 days on the sub-assembly, and then you produce the boat trailer, and again, if the demand isn't there, you could have another 10 days on that, right? Whereas, like again, take the box trailer. And again, obviously this all depends on demand, but we know the demand is there for box trailers, right? You take the material, you produce the sub-assemblies, and you produce the completed unit the same day or the next day, and you order much smaller quantities of materials. You order or you produce much smaller sub-assemblies. I mean, we're talking, really, you should only be producing one at a time. A lot of people think that batching is the way to go. Batching is not the way to go unless it's really, really small and then, I mean, if, if, if you're thinking that the challenge is with like changeovers and setups and things like that, then deal with that issue. Improve your changeover time, but don't start producing big batches. You, you actually have so much money tied up in the inventory, it's not even funny. But anyway, I just thought it was really, really interesting. So I, I, share, I, I shared that example with them. I said, look, if you just start producing the units that you're getting the calls for, and you, and you produce a completed unit, you'll actually make more money on box trailers than you will on boat trailers. And I said, because it's the same issue, right? Every, every manufacturer has already shifted their sites to boat trailers, and all the box trailer consumers, or those who want box trailers, don't have anywhere to get their orders filled, right? Anyway, it's just quite interesting. So that was kind of a really, really long example to talk about the trailer situation. Yes, I got the trailer, but it's just such a perfect example because so many businesses operate like this, right? You, you, you think about where the constraint is in your operation and so many people are dealing with an issue where the constraint is outside of the business, right? Like if you're creating a product, 
it's it's really really hard to figure out what customers actually want. It's a new product, especially if it's a new market, right? That takes so much effort. So the constraint is sitting out there and you've got to figure out what is it customers really want? What do they need? What do they value? What are their, what's their tower of wishes and woes? And that takes us into the whole customer discovery cycle, right? So in the beginning, you're looking at what is, what is the constraint? Where is the constraint? And then you're thinking about ways to exploit that constraint and start to, and we're talking about the five focusing steps here, by the way, within theory of constraints. But then you start getting into subordinating the constraint and making improvements within the operation. But in the case of this trailer situation, the constraint isn't in the market, right? The constraint is actually in your factory. It's in your warehouse. You, you are the problem. You are the reason why you can't make more money. Customers are calling you, trying to give you money, and you're turning them away because you're producing boat trailers that clearly the demand has not manifested yet in the way that you think it should. And not only that, if the demand is parallel, we've just looked at the situation where you actually make more money producing box trailers than boat trailers. Let your competitors tie up $3,000 in cost on every boat trailer and only make 500 bucks. If I were you, I'd go after producing four box trailers and I'd take the 800. But anyway, think about that. Where's the constraint in your business, right? Is it outside in the market or is it inside your four walls? And most of the time it starts out in your four walls inside your building. You've just got to figure out where it is, where within the process, where within the operation. And then you can start thinking about how to exploit that constraint, subordinate, elevate, et cetera, and go on from there. But anyway, so I just thought that that would be, uh, I did have another topic that I wanted to talk about, but this just turned into such a perfect opportunity to talk about making more money, right? And th this was the very first making money episode that we had. So anyway, look, I hope that's helpful. I hope that kind of closes the loop on the, uh, oh, sorry, and I didn't, I didn't mention the gates that I got, the cages that I got for the trailer. This is the best part. I've got two painted cages and I've got two galvanized. Why? Because that's all they had. And again, I said, how, how is it that you ended up with only two painted and two galvanized? Oh, because I ended up having to trade someone else out for another two and because they had some other order that didn't get produced properly. Oh gosh, come on. When are you ever going to only sell two cages? I mean, seriously. So why would you only galvanize two? Anyway, but do you, you see what I'm saying? It's, it's kind of a funny situation. Anyway, so I've got this cool trailer. It's got two different, it's got, well, two painted cages and two galvanized cages and the painted and the, paint, the painted cages don't mat, match the paint of the trailer itself. But anyway, you know what? I'm happy to have it. It serves a purpose. Quality's decent. And it was just a really, really cool experience that I got to have talking to this uh, older gentleman about his business. And it just turned out to be a great example that I could share with you guys here. Cool. So that's the trailer situation. A couple other things to mention before we head off into the sunset here. I think I mentioned previously that I'm looking at kicking off a set of YouTube videos. I, I really enjoy doing training. I actually did my minor in educational psychology. So I, I'm really interested in, in learning and how people take information in and use that information. And I really actually enjoy teaching and coaching and mentoring, which is part of the reason for this podcast. 
but it's really, really challenging, as you would know, trying to walk through difficult, complex concept and subject matter in a podcast. So I'm going to save a lot of that for those YouTube videos. Obviously, it's all going to be free and available on the YouTube channel. I'm just playing with the video recorder now. I've changed video recorders or screen recorders. So I would expect the first video should probably be up in, I would say, maybe a, a week to two weeks at the most. But that's where we'll actually go into the really cool stuff for innovation, like causal analysis in complex systems. We'll look at conditional arguments. We'll look at solutions ideation. We'll look at how do we actually generate all these solutions based on function attribute analysis and based on causal landscape diagrams and all this really cool stuff that you really need to see examples of to, to understand. So anyway, that's coming out soon. So check back on the website. The link will be there at micarossi.com. And as always, if this is helpful to you, you know, like it, share it, and um, keep supporting where you can. All right, thanks, guys, and we'll see you next week.